Aren't you thankful that he abides this evening? Amen. What a privilege to say that the king abides in your heart. Amen. It's so wonderful to be back in the house of the Lord and to see each and every one of you this evening. Amen. We want to be remembering our pastor as he's there in Ohio. Some meeting has already started just now, and so we just pray that God would minister through our brother in a supernatural way. And uh, we also want to be remembering next weekend he will be at Brother Hamid's uh, annual meeting. So we just want to remember those things in prayer. Also want to be praying for Brother Matthew tomorrow evening. He'll be speaking for us. And um, also Brother Jason Jackson has been mentioned November 9th and 10th will be with us. And we also always enjoy having Brother Jason. He's, he's brother, uh, brother Homer would always say General Jackson is coming to town. So... So we're privileged to have Brother Jason coming, and so we just ask that the Lord would remember these things and minister through the brothers in a supernatural way, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to what God has in store. I believe as children of God that we are not just having a revival here and there, but I believe that it's a constant revival. As we walk into the pulpit this evening, it's just the atmosphere of revival. It's where, it's where God's children are living at. It's where they're feeding at. And it's, it's a time where the Word is bringing us to our feet. And it's a time in which it's, it re, the Word has been restored and we know where we stand at in this hour. And as Brother William was praying, as we can come boldly to him, we don't have to back up. We know who we are. We know who we believe in. We're the called of God, the elected of God, and we stand upon God's word. I'd like to share something with you this evening before we, we go in service uh, towards the word. Last weekend at Brother Tim Pruitt's church, uh, Brother Timothy was ministering there, and they had a young brother from Denver, Colorado, that came to their service on that Sunday and uh, he'd been streaming their services for quite some time, and he said he just had to come and be in one of those services and, and uh, hear, hear his favorite preachers and hear his favorite singers. And he said, he said I just got to be in that. He said, I got to be in, that, in one of their services. So he got himself a plane. He got himself a, he got himself a ticket, flew, flew, down, flew down to Louisiana on Saturday. He went to the rental car place, and the rental place told him, so you're too young to get a rental car. You won't, be able to, you won't be able to rent one here. So he ended up having to stay the night in the airport there. So the next morning he woke up, he freshened himself up, and put his suit coat on, and he went down to the rental car place and said, look, I'm going to church, and I need a ride. And they said, well, you can't get a rental car here. And the manager behind the desk asked him, so, well, where are you going? And so he showed him the address to Brother Tim's church there. And he said, come on. Took him out to a Dodge Charger. The manager took off from his work to take him to church, which is over an hour away, and then have to drive back. So not only did God have to put it on this young man's heart to be in that service, but he had to put it upon that manager's heart to take him there. Oh, if we would have that kind of desire tonight. Just to be in the presence of the king. I'd say if a young man could come all the way from Denver, what about us tonight? We're here in his presence and we can ask what we have need of of him. And he'll speak to our hearts. No matter what your desire is, he knows your thoughts are far off. 
That's the kind of God that we're serving this evening. I believe that you, the children of God, have that kind of desire to see him face to face. The Greeks came and said we would see Jesus, but they missed him, but we can see Jesus. We can see Jesus tonight. All we have to do is simply believe. Amen. Amen. I want to sing a song tonight. I don't even know if they've got it on the on the on the words up there, but you move mountains and you cause walls to fall. You perform miracles by your power. Perform miracles, and there is nothing that's impossible. And we're standing here only because you made and you move mountains and you cause walls to fall with your power. Perform miracles, and there is nothing. That's impossible, and we're standing here only because you made, and you move mountains, and you cause walls to fall with your power, perform miracles, and there is nothing that's impossible. And we're standing here only because you made. You move mountains and you cause walls to fall with your power. Perform miracles and there is nothing that's impossible. And we're standing here only because you made a way, you made a way for me. When our backs were against the wall and it looked as if it was over.
And we're standing here Only because you made a way Let's bow our heads before the God that has made a way for us to be here this evening Maybe you have a need on your heart that you'd like to take before God A God that makes a way, a God that moves mountains, a God that heals sicknesses. Lift your heart to Him tonight. Heavenly Father, we come before You. We stand in Your presence only because You made a way for us to stand here this evening. Lord, we recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. We recognize who You are, Father. And the enemy is shaking in his boots this evening because of who You are. They're not here, they're not afraid of me, but they're afraid of who I represent tonight. All of hell is nervous tonight because of what could take place in this service. Father, miracles could take place. Healings could take place. Lost loved ones called back. Oh God, we're standing in a spot and you have chosen in time. We have risen to this hour for such a time as this. We're here to live out the promise. Oh God, I pray that you would slip past that hand just now that's lifted up to Jehovah. I pray that you'd minister to that need. I pray that you'd speak to that heart. I pray that you'd do things that only you could do. Lord, I pray you minister to Sister Sarah and the family dealing with the situation of Brother Ralph. Lord God, you know the moment. Lord, you know the hour in which you chose us to be brought here on this world surely you know the hour will be taken away and father there's nothing there's no death that can take us away before that time and I pray that that peace would enter that home I pray the almighty God that's standing at this pulpit would minister to them tonight Lord I pray you have your will and your way in every heart Lord I know the enemy would would like to block us tonight but Father we break through that wall in the name of Jesus I pray God that you would have the preeminence in this service may you receive glory and honor and praise from it now Father I yield myself to you one more time use me for the upbuilding of thy kingdom in Jesus name Amen Amen if you have your Bibles this evening we will turn to the book of Genesis chapter 20 and verse 1 and if you don't know where the book of Genesis is, it's at the very front of your Bible. Genesis chapter 20. Amen. <clears throat> Genesis 20 and verse 1. And Abraham, notice, not Abram, but Abraham, a man that has had a name change, a man that has met Melchizedek, a man that has had a body change. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerir. And Abram, Abraham said of, his, of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister, and Abimelech, king of Gerir, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not came near her.
And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thine heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live, and if thou shalt restore her not, thou that thou that thou know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Amen. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to read a portion of the Thyatiran church age and, and here the prophet is, here the prophet, I've asked the brothers to put the quote up for us this evening. Here the prophet is, is dealing with, with the churches, the, the two churches. And we know that there's always been twins of every revival, that there's been, that there was Cain and Abel and there was Esau and Jacob and and Judas and Jesus, and even now the Holy Spirit and the Antichrist, and, and the, the false church and the true church. But here the prophet is asking the question of what churches will be those that, that do not know this truth. And we know, of course, that it is the false vine because the believers certainly know who they are and they know, they know where their life comes from. And here we pick it up. It says, now why does God call these churches his churches even though they are the false vine? The truth of the matter is that they are Christians. But they are not Christians of the spirit. They are Christians of the flesh. They are bearing the name in vain. Mark 7 and 7 says, how be it in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. But indeed they are Christians, for what else could they be? A Mohammedan is a Mohammedan. That's, that is his religion, and no matter how he lives it, because he subscribes in theory to what the Quran teaches, in the same way a Christian is a Christian as long as he subscribes to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin, was crucified and died and rose again, that he is the Savior of mankind, etc., in fact, in the Laodicean age, there will be those who call themselves Christians because they subscribe to the fine qualities of Jesus while reserving to themselves the right to deny his deity. Christian scientists have done that already as well as multitudes who preach a social gospel. He is a nominal Christian and belongs to the church. Notice, but he is not a true or spiritual believer that kind of a believer is one who has been baptized into the body of Christ and is a member of him. We recognize to be a Christian is to be Christ-like, to have the mind of Christ, to have the life of Christ. You see, there are many people that call themselves Christians, but if there's no life there to back up what they say, then it's just words of utterance of what they are subscribing themselves to or what they have, what they have made an attendance to. But you see, this is not about, this is not about just knowing 
just knowing that Jesus was the Son of God, but this is about the life of God living in a people. Living in a people that was called by his namesake. Tonight I'd like to speak to you on a thought that was birthed last weekend in our, in our sermon that we were preaching on anointed to fly higher. I'd like to speak to you this thought on this is where I belong. This is where I belong. And truly we live in a world that is a place where we don't fit in. We don't fit in here. We're not in with the who's who. We're not in with the in crowd of the day. When the world has their parties, we're not invited. When the world has their social events, we're not invited because we know, they know what we stand for. You, we don't fit in with their cliques and we don't fit in with their crowds. You see, I don't belong to this world and neither does this world attach itself to me. You see, neither do we belong to the Laodicean church. You see, this fire, this revival that we have, the Laodicean church didn't give it to us. The Laodicean church is cold and formal. They don't, they, they don't know what they believe in. They're, they're lukewarm. They, they're neither cold nor hot. This world, this world knows nothing of what we live in this day. They do not understand the power that, that you are packing in your mortal being tonight. The world don't understand it. We don't fit in with this world. We don't belong to the world. We don't belong to the world, but we do belong to a living God. We do belong to the kingdom of peace. We do belong to the kingdom of righteousness, to a kingdom of purity and holiness. That's the kingdom that we belong to. We belong to a headship, and that headship is Christ. Our headship is not in Rome. Our headship is in glory. Are you with me? Come on, somebody, when I die, when I die, I want you to know I'm not going, I'm not going to be buried over in some Catholic, in some Catholic mosque or some Catholic place. But when I die, I'm going to my headship. I'm going to where I belong. Are you with me? Tonight, as Christians, we've already died to ourselves. We've already died to our thinking. We've already died to who we are. We have mortified the deeds of the flesh. We've already died out to our thinking. That's what I was speaking to Sister Sarah and the family there. We don't have to worry about a Christian that is going on the other side. We don't have to worry about them or what their state is going to be. We know that, that, that if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, that we have one in perfection waiting on us. Are you with me? This message will produce the life of Christ because it is Christ. This message... This message is not a book. This message is not a picture. This message is not a prophet. This message is a person. And that person is Christ Jesus. And I believe that we're standing here in this moment as a witness that his presence has changed us. I believe that's why we don't have to worry about calling you up on Saturday and Sunday. Are you going to be at church this weekend or have to have some kind of social event to get you here? It's because this message has done a work in your life. His presence has changed you. This presence makes you live right. This presence makes you, makes you talk right. It makes you dress right. I, now, I want you to raise your hand this evening if, if I personally called you and told you how to dress before you came to this service. There's no hands up. I personally didn't call you and tell you that, that, you need, that, that you need to do this or you need to do that. You do this because of what? Because 
his word says so. And I never called you or the pastor never called you and said, now look, we're going to wear our skirts this long, sisters, and we don't cut our hair and we don't put ear bobs in our ears and we don't paint ourselves up like Jezebel. We don't do those things. There's not, there's not one pastor, Brother Homer, Brother Ron, and Brother Andrew never called you up and told you and said, this is how we're going to do things. But we have simply preached this gospel and this gospel has produced what you are seeing before you tonight. This message produces life. Are you with me this evening? This message produces life. Turn to your neighbor and say, this message produces life. The first time Brother Murphy Wong and his wife came into the, I think it may have been the second time Brother Murphy came into service, but the first time his wife, Sister Tracy, came into the presence and came to church for the very first time, she sat there she sat there in, in her worldly garb and she sat there. She sat there and had makeup on her face and had earrings in her ears. And Brother Murphy, where they were sitting through the service there. And they were sitting through the service and, and Sister Tracy got up and left the service for a little bit. Brother Murphy thought that maybe she was mad or for some reason because of the preaching of the word. And when she came back in, when she came back in, she had the ear bobs out of her ears and she had the makeup washed off of her face. Now the amazing thing about this is Sister Tracy did not know one word of English. What was it? It was the presence of Almighty God that changed that sister. She recognized that she wanted to be clean in His presence. It was his presence that was heaven to Sister Tracy. The reason why I preach to you tonight is because his presence is heaven to me. The reason I dance like I do and sing like I do is because his presence has changed me. Hallelujah. You see, as we were speaking last weekend of that eagle, you see that eagle did not belong on the ground with the chickens but he belonged in a place that was designed for him to live in. You see, the chicken is an earthbound bird because it was designed to live in that kind of condition. He belongs there. He was born and built for the place in which he was going to be placed in. And the eagle, he was built for the place that he belonged the eagle was built to soar. The eagle was built to fly above every other bird. He was built for the place that was designed for him. You were built for this. You were built for this message, but before you ever got here, there was a message. Oh my. Before you ever got here, this message was already here for you. Before you ever arrived, there was a promise that, that you were built for the promise. And you're just living out what the promise has said about. Now the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29 and 29 that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. Notice that's the hidden, that the hidden place. That's the place where we've got to come to. That's the place where God reveals his secret is in the hidden place. 
That's the place where God does the placing and calling is in that hidden secret moment, in that hidden place which is Christ Jesus. It's in that spot in which he reveals himself. You know, I find amongst people many times is as people are going through life that, that people, they're looking and they're searching for their calling. They're searching for their purpose. They're searching of what they, they're going to do in life. I truly do not believe that a person goes through life desiring to run aimlessly through life. But I believe that a person, I believe that a person desires to, to have, to, to be something in life, to do something in life. I believe that people that have ambition will do something in life. But there is the occasion of a bum every once in a while that has no ambition. That they have no, they have no leadership. They just, they just go from here or there. They, they have no ambition. They have no power to control them. But I believe as sons and daughters of God that it is our ambition to do for the kingdom of God. I believe it is our ambition to be about the Father's business. I believe that it is our desire that we not run aimlessly here and there, carried about with every wind of doctrine, but we stand upon the solid basis of God's word. But I believe it's the desire of, uh, of sons and daughters of God to find that place that God intended us to be at. A place where we belong at. You know, I, you find it amongst, amongst the Christendom of today that they want to belong to something. They want to belong to a group or they want to belong to a denomination or association. They want to belong to something. They want to belong, but I want you to know that, that Israel never had a world council of churches. Israel never had a UN or never had a, a League of Nations because you see, they didn't need a council. They were standing upon thus saith the Lord. And as the church of the living God, we don't need a world council of churches. We don't need a league of nations. We don't need a council. Our council is thus saith the Lord. Our headship is our thinking. Hallelujah. But I believe that we as sons and daughters of God should find that ambition and find our purpose in life and run with everything that's within us. We should lay aside every weight and sin. This is more about talking to you about a purpose of you finding that purpose and you going out and living out that purpose in, in a natural realm. But this is you finding your purpose in the kingdom of heaven. Finding where you belong at. If your job is to sing, you sing. If your job is just to clap, maybe you clap off beat. You clap with everything that's within you. You find that place in which you belong and you stay there. I was telling the young people last week, of, I believe it was last week, I was telling them about when, when one thing that dad had taught me in business is when you find a channel in which God blesses you, you stay in that channel. You stay in that channel. You don't move to somebody else's position or move to somebody else or try to be like somebody else. You stay where God's blessing you at. You see, David got in trouble when he started to do something that was not in his position. And every time that you move into a spot that you are not called to do, God cannot bless you when you're not in that channel. I read a statement yesterday that none of us can do everything, but all of us can do something. 
be just one little, one little thing, but let us do it with all that's within us. When God starts a work, God finishes a work. This message don't prop you up. This message doesn't just keep you afloat. This message makes you live. But before you ever got here, when you was trying to figure out your purpose, before you, mama and daddy, ever tried or thought of you, before you was ever born, God predetermined your, your coming here. He determined, predetermined your calling and your election. And he predetermined your path. And he's determined to see you get to it. And we're elected to live it out. The Bible says in Psalms 32 and 8 that I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go and I will guide thee with mine eye. We're not depending on our own sight. For a Christian don't live by sight, a Christian lives by faith. We're not depending upon our sight, but he said that he'd be our sight. That he'd be our God. And we're not looking through the eyes of our own sight. We're looking through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of an eagle. And that, that eye sees all the way out. It's already seen you in victory. Hallelujah. This word belong, it means to be the property of, of a person or a thing. To be attached or bound by youth. Or excuse me, to be bound by birth, allegiance, or dependency. To be a member of a club or an organization or a set. To be an attribute, a part of. Be a part of belonging to. I belong to the Spencer family because I was born in the Spencer family. I have the attributes of a Spencer because of my birth. You see, I'm bound to the Spencer family because of my birth. I belong to it. You see, you see, I never worried about if I was adopted or not. I never went around asking mama, why do I look this way? I look at the pictures on the wall and I can see why I look that way. There's attributes in my father and in my mother in which are displayed in my own human vessel. I know that I came from the Spencer lineage. And you know, I belong to that Spencer family. I'm bound to them by birth. And no matter if I get in a car wreck, no matter the state I'm in, no matter if I get mangled in a car wreck, or no matter if I get tore up, I'm still a Spencer. No matter my state of mind, I'm still a Spencer. No matter how dark things get in my life, I'm still a Spencer. No matter the turmoil I go through in life, I'm still a Spencer. Do you hear me preaching to you tonight? No matter what you go through, you are always a son. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 19, Therefore we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. That's where you belong. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. As American citizens, we stand here and we are identified on every level as an American. In all of its shame and all of its glory, 
When it wins the battle, when it loses the battle, we're Americans. I'm proud to be an American. There's no other place on earth that I'd rather live but in America. The reason why we have the ability to worship tonight in our freedom like we do is because of America fighting for our rights of freedom of worship. I stand as an American tonight. There's some times that maybe we get ashamed of it, but I'm identified with it. I belong to it. Are you with me? We are citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And we wave our nation's flag very high. Jehovah is our banner. I'm not ashamed to wave that American flag anywhere in this world. And I'm not ashamed to wave this Holy Ghost wherever I go. Jehovah is my banner. Jehovah is my peace. Jehovah is my righteousness. Jehovah is my buckler. Jehovah is my shield. I belong to him. Hallelujah. You see, when I took my wife and when my wife took on my name as a Spencer, you see, there's no disrespect to the Morgan family or any person that is, any woman that is taking on their husband's name. But she, as a Morgan, went to a higher level. Not because she was taking on the Spencer name per se, but she was becoming united with a headship. She was becoming united with a person that had swore to protect her. A person that would provide for her. A person that would sustain for her. A person that would be her head. It brought her to another level. When she took that step upon the stage, she was identifying that she wanted to be one with me. And when you took that step by the invisible union of God, you were identified with Him. You may have been awakened maybe 10 years or 20 years ago, but you were identified with Him before there ever was a molecule or an atom spoken to existence. Come on, somebody. You were in God's mind before the world began. Woo, hallelujah. When you look down at the dirt and you look at the dirt and you bow your head sometimes and you just get down because of the troubles of life, you remember that God thought of you before the dirt was ever here. Hallelujah. But she became connected to a headship. And Jesus said that if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. We were a people that was cut off as Gentiles. We were a people that the Jews thought was unredeemable. But God, rich in mercy, wherewith He loved us, He placed us in our position. When we were dead, he quickened us. He loved us. And He placed us. We were always sons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We did not become seed. We were seed. Therefore, we could be reborn. Hallelujah. Before, before I ever got here as a Spencer, as Andrew Spencer, I was running up and down my father's backbone. I was there. But God seen me. 
God seen that God, that Connie Spencer would give birth to an ugly looking red-headed boy on September 1st of 1987. It wasn't no surprise. It wasn't no surprise to God that I was going to be born ugly. He saw me in that condition. You think I'm making a joke of that, but God seen you in your ugliness. God seen you in your sin. God seen you in your despair. That's why. Before the world began, he laid, he slayed a slam, a lamb slain for your foundation, before the foundation of the world. There was a lamb slain for you. You and him are connected from eternity to eternity. That's where I belong. If the eagle belongs in the sky and not on the ground with the chickens, you as sons and daughters of God, you do not belong on the earth. You don't belong walking around here with your head hung down. Do you know who you are? But you woke up this past week on Monday after the revival that we had last week and all of a sudden your self-confidence was just a little bit lower because somebody said something to you on your job. You didn't feel quite as high that you were flying here on Sunday night as you did on Monday morning. I know, I know that I'm talking to a few angels, but I'd say that there's some of you that went into work and somebody brought you from heavenly places back down to Laodicea. And it brought your self-esteem down. But this word is not about building up your self-esteem. This word is not building up of how you feel around other people. This word is building you to be a tabernacle for Almighty God. And no matter if you feel up right now and if you feel down tomorrow, you are still connected to Him. Through trials and many temptations, you still belong to Him. Through cancer, you're His. Through diabetes, you're His. Through the struggle, you're His. Hallelujah. You always was a son. You see, he birthed us into our position and we are heir to all that he owns. The prophet would say that we belong to one body or another body. Either the body of God or the body of Satan. One of them you've joined to and the other one you belong, that you're born into. One of them you're a part of because you're born into it. You have to be a part of it. Could I deny that I got an arm, no more than I can deny any word of God if I'm a part of God. I'm a part of William Branham. I'm in parts and every part is a part of me. Is that right? You remember when you was a young kid and your mama caught you with your hand in the cookie jar and you'd always tell mama, I said, mama, it wasn't me. It was my hand that made me do it. I'm the only kid in here, I guess. Got caught in the cookie jar. But you know you can't separate your hand from the rest of your body. You see, if your hand did it, you did it. Brother Branham would ask a question, who is me? Really, who is me? Is this, is this body me? Is this vessel me? But there's something on the inside of you that's making you tick and making you work that Satan cannot destroy. Hallelujah. He might come and torment your flesh and torment your mind, but he can never get to that real you. 
Oh, hallelujah. That's where you belong. You're a gene seed of God. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just giving you eagle food right now. I'm keep dropping it to you. I'm keep dropping it to you till you get, get, till you get your strength up and you can get out your own nest. But I'm going to keep dropping these things that you did not become seed by the rebirth, but you were seed. Therefore, you could be reborn. You always were sons. You were never, you were never a servant. You were son. Oh, come on, somebody. God, God did, didn't have a hard time figuring out, well, like any, many, mighty, mo, catch a tiger by his toe, if he hollers, let him go. I'll choose this one and I'll choose that one. God thought of you. The devil likes to put it in your mind that you did something or you did some kind of action to make God choose you. It was not your goodness. It was not your works. It was his righteousness. It was his election, his predestination, his determining that made you who you are. And I belong to the headship that birthed me. Hallelujah. Every word of God has to fit my spirit, has to fit my soul, has to fit my living. It has to fit my ideas. If my ideas is contrary to that, then God's spirit don't dwell in me. You can't deny one word of it. You belong to one of these bodies. It's got to be. It's just got to be. It's either the body of God, which is by the word, or, by, or the body of Satan by the church. And the whole world will have to belong to some church. It worships some God. You got to worship either the God of knowledge or you rely upon, your, upon what you hear by knowledge. You rely upon this, that, or the other. Or you rely upon God's word by faith. Watching for him to vindicate it and make it true. This body, I'm just going to preach. I'm going to preach like you belong to this body. If that's all right with you, I'm going to preach like you are a part of the body of Jesus Christ. That you don't belong to the body of Satan and you don't belong to the body of knowledge, but you belong to the body of this word. Let me say it to you like this. You're not feeding on the mind of a man. You're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. And let me tell you this, that this body that you belong to, are you identified with it? This body is full of power. This body is full of truth. This body is full of joy. This body is full of healings and miracles. This body is full of faith. This body ain't full of worry and doubt and fear. This body is full of faith because it is the same life, same power, same word. I don't know what this is doing to you out there, but what it's doing to me, I feel 10 feet tall right now. Let there be a Goliath raise up right now and I'll start swinging this sling of the word and I'll start cutting down his head. He's come against you this week and boasted to you this week that you're not gonna make it. Why don't you take his sword and cut his head off? Come on, little Davids. You always were sons. Before David was anointed, he was anointed. 
before you got to this message, you were born to live this message. Whoa. If you'd have looked at a picture of Brother Denny maybe 20 or 30 years ago, you'd have thought that he belonged to something else. But he always, he always, he always, he always belonged to this body. How about you, Brother, Brother Mike Buchanan? Granddad always talk about you coming in here with your hippie hair. But before, before you were Mike Buchanan, you belonged to God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't preach this message because I'm a part of the Fraser family. I don't preach this message because there's eight, eight different, eight different preachers in my lineage of the Spencer family. I preach this message because I was born to preach this message. I live this message not because of the wife I married or the people I'm connected to. I live this message because the message is living its way out of me. We're not relying upon what we think. We're not relying upon how we feel. We're relying upon God's word. And if it looks like it ain't coming, and if it looks like it ain't gonna happen, hold on. Hold on. Faith says it's coming to to pass. Faith says it's gonna happen. And if that's your, if that's your speech, and if that's your thinking, you could say this is where I belong at. When everybody else is criticizing me for believing this, this is where I belong at. I'd say that Abraham and Sarah were criticized for believing that they were going to have a son. Help me preach right here. I'd say that they were criticized by all kinds of people saying that you're going to be the father of nations and you don't even have, you don't even have a son. But Abraham could stand there and say, this is where I belong at. I don't belong in doubt. I don't belong in reason. Eve lived in a perfect spot. Lived in a place of perfection. A place in which she belonged at. But reason took her out of that spot. The place in which she belonged to. Reason came and stole her away. And the same enemy today is raising up his head of reason, trying to reason its way out, make its way so that you got to figure all these things out. But you don't belong in reason. You are not birthed by reason. I'm preaching to the body of Christ. You don't belong in reason. You were not birthed by reason. You were not birthed by doubt. You were not birthed by fear. You were not birthed by your stigma. You were not birthed by your complex. You were not birthed by suicide. You were birthed by faith. This is where I belong at, Abraham would say. You see, God can only bless Israel when she's in her homeland. Every time she got out of her homeland, she got in trouble. And when you get out on Satan's territory, God can't bless you. You don't belong in doubt. You don't belong in fear. You don't belong in all these things of the world. You belong in thus saith the Lord. God can't bless you when you're out there having a party with the rest of the world. 
Jesus said that you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. God can't bless you. God can't bless you while you're dancing in the spirit and drinking wine at the same time. God can't bless you while you're looking at things on the internet that you shouldn't be looking at when you're trying to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach to you anyhow. God can't bless you when you're dabbling in drugs and alcohol when you're asking for an anointing that'll make you fly higher. But God will bless you when you stand upon thus saith the word. That's where God will bless you. That's where God will fill you. That's where God will change you. On the word. Hallelujah. 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 This word, this word lives. Brother Branham said that this word produces itself. That's beautiful right there. This word produces itself. It'll produce the same kind of life. It'll produce the same nature that, that the lamb had. You see, a pig's nature will produce a pig life. And when people live like dogs, it'll produce a dog life. You see, they're attached to those things by a birth. By the life they're living, it shows you where they're born from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me move on before somebody strings me up. This is where I belong at church. See, God had told Abraham in Genesis chapter 14 to lift up your eyes. After he had separated himself from Lot, he says, lift up your eyes and look northward and southward and eastward. Look all the way around you. Look where you're standing at. Walk through this land. I've given you this land. It belongs to you. It's your possession. It's your property. You were born to inhabit it. And that's where the angel of God met Abraham was in that land. <laughs> that's the place where Abraham was chose to live at. He was not chose to live down in Egypt or down in Gerea. He was chose to live in that land. And when he got outside of the promised land, he got in trouble. You watch every time that the children of Israel got out of their homeland, they get in trouble. And notice Abraham as he falls in this condition, as we would say it's a backslidden condition, that notice that it even channels down to Isaac doing the same exact thing. You see, because there was no birth to fix the process. The anointing would come and the anointing would go. But we are not like the prophets of old have to worry about if we got the anointing a day or worry about our temper raising back up. The anointing abides. The anointing stays. The anointing anoints. The anointing lives. But he said, I've given you this land. This is your land. And to your seed that come after you, this is where you belong at Abraham. But as we read in our scripture reading of Genesis 20, that we see... As Sarah is taken by Abimelech, notice that Abimelech is lusting after a 90-year-old woman. He, no notice, notice he is, he is lusting after a, a grandma. 
Oh, hallelujah. Notice, they have just journeyed over 300 miles to get to Greer. Could you imagine a little bitty grandma taking a few steps here and there, making a 300-mile journey, but something had to happen. Something had to happen, which was a type of you and me. Something had to happen. There was a change after Melchizedek came. I couldn't live this until he came. Abraham couldn't change until Melchizedek came. Hallelujah. Abraham was living on the outside of the tent until Melchizedek came. But after he came, oh, hallelujah. She wasn't stepping like no grandma. She was stepping like a 20-year-old woman, making a 300-mile journey. And when she gets down to career, there is a young Philistine king that says, I want this woman to be my wife. Are you following me this evening? Now notice, so Abimelech taking her to be his wife, and Abimelech, so he was already now to be, to take her to be his wife. But notice what God had said to Abraham, that by Sarah, you're going to have this baby. And here was a young man taking her, and here was Abraham, 100 years old, out there. You see, the promised son was promised to Abraham and Sarah. It was not promised to Abraham and Hagar. It was not promised to Sarah and Abimelech. It was promised to Abraham and Sarah. And God came and dealt with Abimelech in a dream and said, you're nothing but a dead man. Don't touch her. What was God saying is that this is my belonging. I have birthed her to bring forth a promise. Come on, somebody. And when Sarah laughed up her sleeve and says, me and no woman have pleasure again with my Lord, God had every right to destroy Sarah. But because she was a part of Abraham, because she was a part of the promise, God could not destroy her. There have been things in your life that would rightfully put you in the prison house. There are things in your life that would properly say that you should be destroyed. But because you're a part of Him, because you belong to Him, and He built you to be a birthing ground for the Son of Man to come forth, He could not destroy you. Hallelujah. But notice... Notice what God said to Abimelech. He says, I know the integrity of your heart. That's the reason I kept you from sinning against me. But you restore, you restore that woman for her husband is a prophet. Let him pray for you. If you don't, I'm just going to wipe you off the face of the earth. God's word has to stand no man could touch Sarah. God had made a promise. You see, God, when this took place, God shut up all the wounds of every woman in the kingdom. The kingdom, the nation would have died right off if there would have been no restoration of Sarah. 
hand can touch you. I want you to realize, I want you to realize that the kingdoms of this world would completely shut down if Satan wouldn't take his hand off of you. Satan has to take his hand off of God's property. Or the nations would shut down if Satan wouldn't do it. Do you realize who you are this evening? That America would shut down. That Germany would shut down. That Russia would shut down. That Greer would have shut down if the king would have not had restored Sarah back to her position of being Abraham's wife. <laughs> Satan has no legal right to lay his hands upon you. He has no legal right to destroy your vessel. He has no legal right. But you as a son of God have the ability to enforce your claim. And say, Satan, take your dirty hands off of God's property. I belong to God. I don't belong to cancer. I don't belong to TB. I belong to the God that heals all of my diseases. I belong to the God that made me who I am. He said, take your hands off of her. And there come the natural seed. The natural seed had to come. If it would have, if Sarah would have married that other man, the natural seed would have never been born. So if God so protected the course for the natural seed, how much more for the spiritual royal seed has he protected? God would not allow a perverted seed to contaminate, to contaminate the womb. That womb was built for the seed of Abraham. And God would not allow the contamination of another seed to enter that womb. Satan has tried his very best to, to pervert your womb of your soul and to contaminate your mind and contaminate your spirit. But you have every legal right to say, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. Satan, give them back. Turn them loose. Do you realize who you are? Satan, give them back. Turn them loose. You're not going to smother them out there in organizations and things. They're a free people. You let them alone. Turn them loose. I want you to notice this. This is where you belong at. Sis, it took you a few years to get here, but you belonged here. It didn't look like there was a live ministry in your area, but you belonged here. All this time you belonged here. It looked like you were an outcast, but you belonged here. It looked like you didn't fit in, but you belonged here. It didn't look like your feathers looked like all the other feathers of the world. You belonged here. And when you started coming in, Brother Stephen, when Brother Stephen came in here and he started saying, he came in here and he told me, he told me from his lips, he said, I made a declaration that I was going to go to all the churches in the community and I was going to find which one had truth. He said, but when I came here, 
when I came here, he said this. This is what he told me. He said, this is where I belonged. I know what the religions of the world have to offer. I know what the God of the world has to offer. He's got nothing. He's got nothing but death. He can't offer you life. He can offer you hope. He can't offer you peace. He can offer you happiness. He can only offer you a, he can, he can only offer you the sight of an empty bottle. But the God that I'm serving can offer you peace. The God that I'm serving can offer you happiness. You belong right here in this birthing ground. You belong right here in this, in this place that was ordained for you. That you belong to. That you are chosen of. Satan has tried his very best to destroy our lives. And I'm going just a little bit slower just for a moment. Just so you get this. Satan has done his very best to destroy you and destroy your life and destroy your integrity and destroy who you are and tell you that you're worthless. But this word has come to tell you that this is the place that you belong. I'm not talking about the physical address of this church, but I'm talking about this revealed word. I'm talking about I'm talking about a God that can raise you out of your condition. This God can go, careful now, he can go to, to the street rats and he can go to the alley rats and he can go to the prostitutes of the world and he is compelling them to come. He's going to those that look that look like they're unredeemable. He looks, he's going after those that, that, that look like there is no hope for them to come. He's going after our lost loved ones. Careful what you think right there. He's going after them with everything that's within him. This is a God that doesn't lose his seed. This is a God that brings his seed to the ground in which it belongs in. Hallelujah. You could not come forth. You could not come forth in your beauty out there in, in, in the ground of the world. You could not show forth your potential out there in the world. Hallelujah. You could not do it out there in the world. But when God brought you to this ground, when God brought you to this place, air began to rise. When the S-O-M began to rise on that seed, it brought forth everything that was laying on the inside of you. The potentials that was laying on the inside of you birthed you into this kingdom. Satan tried his very best to cover you up with all types of dirt, with all types of sin, all types of unbelief. You were not born for the world. You were not born for that ground. You were born for this holy ground. You were born for this spot. God knows the ground in which he ordained you to be. 
You cannot produce this life out there. You cannot produce this life out there. Oh, but once you got transplanted into this seed word, into this seed ground, into this ground in which God ordained you to be, you were born to be an eagle. You were born to fly higher. But every time the world, every time you begin to get closer to God, the world kept whispering in your ear, but I can offer you this and I can offer you that. But this is where you belong. Every time you begin to make a move for God, Satan kept raising his head. I said, but you can't do that. You remember what you did. You fell in sin. You made a fool of yourself. You fell and there's no way to get back up. It looked like it looked like all hope was gone. But the Bible said that he established my goings. And he set my foot upon a rock. It looked as if you would never come. But through all the mud, through all the scars, through all the pain, through all the despair, through every struggle, something kept bringing you up. Something kept bringing you up. This is where you belong. Life is about living. Life is about living. Life is not about dying. The world, all they have to offer you is death. This is about living. What the Pentecostal realm turned down. What the Pentecostal realm turned down and pulled its way back from. It was protecting you all this time. Hallelujah. You always were a seed. He told you that you had a fine son. And he is a son. This is where he belongs at. He always was a son. This is just the birthing process. That seed in all its bulb and everything that's laying there has to come to a spot. It's got to be birthed. 
And every son of God has to be birthed. You are not born to live in chaos. You were not born to live in stress. You were not born to live in sickness. You were born to live in perfection. And Satan keeps wrapping himself around you. He keeps wrapping his false vine around you and says you're never coming up. But there's an angel standing here. There's an angel standing here and whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Satan, take your dirty hands off of God's property. slew the righteous Abel but there came forth a Seth look what Cain's life produced and watch what Seth's life produced watch what Satan's all of his schemes and all of his ideas watch what they produce and watch what the son produces you can be seated I'm not done I was born to be a fisher of men. Some people ask me what my career is. I tell some people I study drunk people. It's what I do for a living. I study drunk people. It's it's an amazing thing to watch is watch drunks every Saturday night and watch drunks every Sunday night, but they are not drunk on wine and alcohol, they're drunk on the stimulation of revelation. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. But also I tell people I fish for a living. Hallelujah. I fish for a living. I'm fishing. I'm fishing for those that are the rainbow trout. And I believe that the opening of the word is bringing in those rainbow trout. I believe it's pulling in every single one that God ordained before the foundation of the world. Oh, hallelujah. I was not born. I was not born. I was not born to live under the first and second pole. That I need that. I need healing. I need discernment. But I was born for this opening of the word. Hallelujah. This is where I belong at. This is where I belong at. And once that seed comes forth, it was ordained for that spot to bring forth in all of its beauty. There were some spots that you could not show forth your beauty, but in this spot, you can show forth everything that you were ordained for. And you're equipped for the battle. You see, if you know who you are, you know who you are not. Come on, somebody, if you know you are an eagle, you know you're not a chicken. Don't you dare allow Satan to tell you a chicken when you know that you're an eagle. You are destined for the sky. You are destined for this eagle age. 
when man tried to put his grip on you, you just kept lifting higher by the revelation of this word. Oh, hallelujah. This world out here, this world is not my home. Hallelujah. I'm not a part of Laodicea, but I come out of Laodicea. What a glorious day it will be when we stand there with the overcomers of all the ages. And they say where they came from. And you tell them that you came out of the Laodicean church age. And they begin to ask you, how in the world did you overcome? And you begin to sing to them, it was not by might and it's not by power. But by God's spirit, saith the Lord. You were built to overcome Laodicea. You were not born to be defeated. You were not born to be depleted of all your energies and be wore out. You were built to live in his presence. It is Satan's schemes to tear down your health, your health platform and tear down all of your mind. It's his scheme to do that. But you belong in his presence. You don't belong in sickness. I wish I got a little better amen there. You don't belong in sickness. You belong in health. You don't belong in bondage. You belong to deliverance. You don't belong to diseases. You don't belong to doubt. You don't belong to Satan. You belong to God. You belong in an atmosphere of revival, day in, day out. I was told one time, I was told one time by a person that says that, you know, what we feel and what we experience, I don't believe we can have that every day. We need to be washed of that kind of thinking. We were born for heavenly places. We were born for heaven to come down. We were born for his spirit. We were born to get in the spirit. If we were not born and we cannot have this Holy Ghost every single day and God don't pour out His Spirit like He did maybe 20 years or 30 years ago in your mindset, you need to be washed of that thinking. You need to wake up. You need to wake up and realize what God is doing here. Sure, I know some of you want to set on me and not say amen to the Word, but you need to wake up and recognize what is happening here. God is lifting his eagles off the ground. Gravitation is losing hold. A car was not built to go where a rocket goes, but a rocket was built to go into the heavenlies. We went all the way from the horse and buggy age to the rocket age, to the astronaut age, and we are spiritual astronauts. We're going way beyond of what Luther and Wesley and the days of Pentecost, we're going on. We belong there. You know, if I, I go out here in the woods, in our local woods and I go to hunting, and I'm sitting in my tree stand and I got everything correct, I've got my sin away on 
I got my grunt call out. I got my camouflage real tree on. And I'm sitting there. Mosquitoes ain't flying. I ain't have to worry about swatting mosquitoes. But I'm sitting there waiting on what you hope is a Goliath that shows up in the woods. But if I'm sitting there in my tree stand and everything's just right, and all of a sudden a giraffe comes walking through the woods. And right behind that, a herd of elephants come walking right down the woods. You know what I'm going to think? Either the circus has lost some animals or I'm in Africa. Don't tell me I... Don't tell me I don't know where I'm standing at. I know exactly where I'm standing at. I know exactly where you belong. You see, I'm not looking out here. I'm not looking at things that don't belong. I'm looking at things that do belong. You know, things that are, that are in their rightful place seldom ever make the news because they're in their rightful place. It does not make the news when Brother Vernon goes out, gets and starts his bus on Monday mornings and he drops to school. Because why? It's where he belongs at. That's his job, his position. It don't ever make the news, but yet he's going to do it because it's his position. But I tell you what will make the news is if he runs off the road and he wrecks that thing, it'll make the news. You know, it never makes the news, well, about little Susie down here making banana bread. It never makes the news. Why? Because she's in a rightful position. But yet if little Susie was baking some banana bread and, and, and the butter got to flying out and got in a grease pan and started to fire and all of a sudden the curtains caught on fire and then the next thing you know the cabinets caught on fire it'd make the news and you'd have the TV reporters out there and, and, and they'd be saying well, now what, what happened can you tell me what well I'll tell you what I was baking some banana bread for my family it's going to come over on Sunday and all of a sudden the butter jumped out of the pan and it created a grease fire and here we are it would make the news because it was not in its rightful position. But when everything's in its rightful position, it never makes the news. It never makes the news that, that you came to church on Saturday and you came to church on Sunday. It never makes the news out here at the daily news record, but it makes the news in hell. Why? Because you are in your position in which you belong. And when you are in your position, hell gets nervous. Hell gets upset. Let me preach to you a minute. Hell gets nervous when you start saying amen to the word. Hell gets nervous when you start rising up out of your despair, rising up out of your sickness. It says, you know what? God didn't intend for me to be sick. He intended for me to prosper and be in good health. Hell gets worried. Hell gets worried when you go to believing this message will produce what it says it will produce. That's what makes the headlines in hell is when a people start rising up. Yeah. 
Sister, Sister Gabrielle and Brother William did such an awesome job last weekend. And he began to sing a song. Don't tell me about the headlines on the 6 o'clock news. Tell me about the God that's done something for you. Can I get a witness? I don't really care about Fox News and CNN and all those things. I understand they're important and, and how they'll play out roles in different things. And, and I understand that politics gets involved, but I don't really care about, about that. But I do care about the 6 o'clock news in hell. How about the 6 o'clock news tomorrow evening on Sunday evening when the church of God goes to worship? How about that? That Sister Ruth Ann Shiflet made the headline in hell. What'd she make the headline for this time? Well, she began to get a little happy and she started shouting amen. We gotta do something about it. And hell tries all that it can to do to shut Sister Ruth Ann up. But it couldn't shut her down 20 years ago and it won't shut her down now. talking to a church that's making headlines a church that knows who they are and knows who they represent you know something made the news this past week when we got our church last Sunday somebody made the news for trying to get into a house down here in Elkton and this man tried intruding in on this house down here and the woman shot the man why because he didn't belong in there hello there ought to be some people that start shooting the devil when he starts trying to break into your family and break into your home and break into your worship and break into your joy. You ought to take a double bear shot and say, Satan, you don't belong here. This is where I belong at. This is where my family belongs at. This is where my joy belongs at. This is where my worship belongs at. This is where I belong. You don't belong here. Take the double barrel shotgun of this word and blow Satan out of the place in which he does not belong. Church of the living God, you belong in this position. You're armed and dangerous. Armed and dangerous. Let the musicians come. Give him praise in the house of God. Hallelujah. We know who we are and we know whom we have believed. Therefore we are persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor things to come, nor sickness, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is where we belong at, saints. Don't let the devil rob you. Don't let the devil rob you of your God-given privileges. This is where you belong at. Go to praising God just now.
Halleluja. Halleluja. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time in the darkest night. His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Oh, God is good. Time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. Oh, God is good. Oh, all the time. Oh, in the darkest night, His light it will shine. Oh, God is good.
can stand and testify that His love is everlasting. Can you testify to it? They will never, never, never in my God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Light it will shine. God bless you children. They're dismissed in the name of the Lord.